I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ms. Miriam Hawk, who is the executive director of Venture Forward. Ms. Hawk, you're now recognized for five-minute presentation of your oral testimony. Thank you. There are two reasons you might find yourself testifying before Congress. The first is you're in a boatload of legal trouble. The second is you're an expert in something. Thank you for the opportunity to testify today on the important topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the U.S. venture capital ecosystem. Miriam Hawk is an expert. My name is Miriam Hawk, and I am the founding executive director of Venture Forward. But what is that like? I mean, do you get invited to testify before Congress? How does it work? You always, you know, say thank you for the question, and you always address the uh, the members, you know, either as chair or chair. Um, chairman or chairwoman or uh, congressman. And just remembering those types of things, like you don't just dive right into the answer, which I think I might have done at uh, one point. It's just that type of formality uh, that you're not used to. Um, The other, I think, hard thing was trying to, uh, well, I'll say the the not so hard thing was creating the the written testimony, because that can be as long as as you want it to be. But at the actual hearing, you only have five minutes to say what you want to say and to try to distill a very nuanced and niche part of the economy, which is venture capital, and a very nuanced discussion around diversity in venture capital, and like give that justice and explain it well in five minutes, I think is really hard. So that was, I think, actually the hardest part was to to try to to, to get that. You obviously want to, I wanted to, you know, represent the industry well, but I also wanted to give the topic at hand, you know, justice and really to make sure that it was, you know, we're not trying to sugarcoat things here. I think we want to be very honest about where the industry is and where it needs to to go. Hawk testified before the House Financial Services Task Force on Financial Technology, examining funding of fintech startups. Chairman Stephen Lynch, Democrat from Massachusetts. When we look at the founders of companies that receive this investment funding, there's an obvious trend toward white males. Uh, While lack of diversity is a trend in almost every industry that venture capitalists invest in, it is particularly troubling in the fintech space, where a significant number of fintechs specifically target underserved communities, which we know are disproportionately women and people of color. You were invited to the Capitol uh, because you're the executive director of Venture Forward. Explain to me what that is in an elevator pitch. So Venture Forward is the 501c3 supporting organization to the National Venture Capital Association. So NVCA has been around for 50 years, public policy and advocacy focused. 
Um, two years ago, we publicly launched Venture Forward to really advance diversity, equity, and inclusion, and to educate the next generation of investors. So that's been our, our philosophy. We want to see an industry that uh, looks and represents more of the, the country and the population around us. There are a number of women-oriented organizations that are doing, basically have the same goal. Do you coordinate with those other groups? Yeah, I think we definitely are very complementary in terms of how we are providing different initiatives and programs to the ecosystem. I think this is a big enough uh, challenge and issue that it, it really is incumbent on you know many organizations to, to really uh, play a role here. And I think where we sort of differentiate is our focus on, on the investor base and then also this intersectional uh, approach and kind of thinking about multiple elements of diversity. Uh, I would say also, you know, a couple of our programs um, that have just really grown over the past two years since we publicly launched. One is uh, VC University, and we host this with uh, UC Berkeley, and it is an online certificate course that is self-paced. Anyone can um, take it, and we have now seen more than 2,000 people come through that program. We have also a, a program called LP Office Hours, where we're trying to connect emerging and underrepresented fund managers with LPs. We've had 175 people come through that program. And then we're also working with VC firms themselves because we do really think a lot of this change needs to come from within the industry. And one element that we uh, do for this is, it actually is how we hold ourselves accountable, which is doing a survey every two years to collect data on not only the firm demographics, but also to better understand how firms approach talent management, talent recruitment practices, because that informs us on how we should be guiding firms, you know, what are additional resources or things that we should be producing to, to help them. We've hosted conversations to have some of these, uh, just, just to unpack some of these challenges and issues, because we know that not everyone wants to necessarily have them in an, in an open forum, but that's really been our, our focus and I think kind of differentiates us from maybe some of the other organizations, but very much, I think, complementary to uh, what we all have as a, an aligned goal for, for just increased diversity. What concerns have you heard that maybe somebody wouldn't want to have in an open forum? I think every firm is on a different, in a different place in their diversity journey. And I think it's very different than, say, corporate America, where you, have, you, know, you have these large, um, large companies, you have an HR department, you have a talent department, you kind of have people that are um, focused on a lot of these important issues, but VC firms by definition and by just purely how fund economics work tend to be small. They mostly don't have someone tasked on their team with leading DE&I. You know, some of the, a lot of the large firms now do. Even if it's a small firm, they don't have someone that's necessarily thinking about these, these types of issues. And so I think for, especially for those types of firms to, to kind of hear from their peers, how they're just able to, like how they're adopting different practices and what they're going to do is very different than what maybe some of the larger firms are going to be doing. The other challenge is the industry doesn't have a lot of turnover. There's not a lot of, you know, open positions, if you will. It's really hard to, to join an existing firm and it's really hard to raise your own fund. And, and so that I think also poses just a, a different, um, uh, different challenges depending on you know how how you want to how you want to increase diversity and it's not necessarily mm -hmm. just if you're a say a general partner at a firm maybe you're not planning to in, 
expand your team, but you can definitely take the time to mentor, you know, someone or take the time to bring on or to create maybe a, a, a scout program or a fellowship program just to help, uh, I think, the broader, uh, the, just help the broader industry, even if like, for example, like I'm not going to necessarily hire anyone new to my team, but I can also think about maybe how to increase the diversity amongst the pipeline of founders too mm-hmm. that I'm going to be investing in. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. One of the people who testified alongside you said her goal was to make sure her daughter would not be in front of Congress 25 years from now testifying there were not enough women in venture. What's a metric or a goal when you think to yourself, okay, well, let's turn off the lights at Venture Forward. We've accomplished it. We did it. I think the metric for success is when the survey that we do every two years of, of representation amongst investment partners more accurately reflects the, the broader U.S population. But I think we're always going to be wanting to help the industry in terms of educating the next generation of VCs. There's always going to be, you know, that element to it. And the industry evolves. It's growing. It's getting bigger. Um, I think there's going to be new and different issues that it might be facing and, and challenges that need to be addressed. And I think, you know, Venture Forward hopefully will always be seen as a resource for DE&I. And it's just become ingrained in every firm, uh, both large, small, uh, new and young. But I think there will or could be, you know, other elements just around education that I think will continue to drive a lot of what we do and just making sure we're we're evolving with the industry. How close do you think you are to that goal you mentioned of it reflecting society? So our latest survey, which was from June of 2020, we're actually going to be back out in the field later this month with our uh, 2022 or fielding the 2022 survey. But in 2020, 16% of investment partners were women. So we know that that is, you know, ways to go to get to parity for, for 50%. Um, 3% of investment partners were black and 3% of investment partners were Hispanic. And so that I think is, you know, like I said, we've seen some some steady progress around gender diversity. We've seen little to no progress around race or ethnic diversity. There are two, I'd say, kind of bright spots that we've seen in the survey. One is that amongst junior investment professionals, there is more diversity. And so that is, you know, a little bit more of like thinking about the pipeline of who are going to be the senior uh, senior partners of tomorrow. And then the second, I think, positive that we've seen is we collect data on how firms approach talent management and talent recruitment. And we're just, we're seeing more firms have a human capital strategy. They have a diversity strategy. They've tasked someone on their team with like actually leading this. They've thought about um, uh, 
sharing, you know, job postings in other places beyond just sharing it with their friends. And so I think we're seeing more intentionality, which we hope will translate to more change in the demographics. But I think that's where uh, there is some some hope and we are seeing some steady progress. I will say also just around the, you know, the junior investment professional side, I think there tends to be a lot of importance placed on the D and not so much importance placed on the E and the I. And what I mean by that is it's great to get underrepresented talent into the industry or add add underrepresented talent into a portfolio. But there has to be the the intention and the the prioritization of how to foster that talent, how to help it grow, succeed, reach the next level, kind of help that journey along the way. And if there's not that um, support for for talent, you know, regardless if it's underrepresented, it's uh, it's really not, I think, taking the the true sort of DE&I and also this broader, you know, better returns, better innovation concept to to heart if it's really just being seen as a check the box HR thing of like, let's get some underrepresented talent in the door. Miriam Hawk, executive director of Venture Forward. Next week on Sand Hill Road. We ran out of money, not once, but, but repeatedly. And we were all hoping we'd be able to pay folks back. And at the end of a year or more of doing this, we were a million dollars in debt to our employees, which is a terrible thing to do. First of all, it's illegal, right? Pandora co-founder Will Glazer. And don't worry, things worked out just fine for those employees. Every one of them is now a millionaire. That's next week. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.